From Relay FM, this is Connected episode 408. Today's show is brought to you by our excellent sponsors, Tex Expander, Indeed, and Capital One. I'm one of your co-hosts from Italy, Federico Vitici, and I'm very pleased to introduce my friend and fellow co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. It feels very nice to be back. And I am joined by our co-host, Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. Hello. Across the oceans. Yes. Well, am I across an ocean from you? Yeah. No. I mean, Do it we depends where well, you like, go. We, we, well, we have a sea in between well, us. We don't have an ocean. You go the other way. I mean, there's I two mean, oceans sure. between us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, or hold if on. you What's take it? a really long way, you could get like three or four oceans between us, right? Sure. Sure. I mean, if you look at it that way, yes. Or no oceans. Okay. You just like tunnel down into the earth and then mm-hmm. pop up like a mole. Uh, jokes on you, the earth is flat. So that's true. true. <laughs> you go too far, you fall <laughs> up the other side. Yeah, exactly. And you reach the wall and aliens come pick you up. You know, you know what the deal is. So. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Oh no. I don't want to do this. Pick a number between one and ten. Well, he already said seven. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mike. Pick a number. Oh, three? Um, Federico wins. He is the closest. There are currently eight days left in the oh, 2023 geez. Apple wow. History Calendar oh, Kickstarter. The link is in the show notes. What does he win? The opportunity to back your Kickstarter project? <laughs> you have the opportunity by calendar. And it's a really good calendar, if I must say so myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you would. I mean, I'm biased. Yeah. But a thousand people liked it last year, so we should join what if there's in. There's a big error, though. Would it be good then? No, don't say that. What if you put like stop thirty-two days in July or something? No, 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 no. This thing is fact-checked enough where many people would suffer if there were thirty-two days in July. Yeah, but who checked <laughs> the fact checkers? That's, yeah. that's the question. It's true. Who's fact-checking the fact checkers? You know, yeah, yeah. It's important. This is important stuff. Double down on the fact-checking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, eight days left. Go check it out. You have to make one of those YouTube videos like Gray made. Why uh, Stephen Hackett was wrong. Was wrong. You know, you have, That's right. You'll have to do one of those. Do you guys ever talk about yourselves in the third person? No. No. Yeah, me neither. But there's so many people who do, and I find it so weird. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that as a thing. <laughs> but so, so many people do that. Federico, a question came up in our Discord for Relay FM members. If you're a member of Relay FM, you get a bunch of cool perks, a Discord. Oh, let's see. Uh, newsletter, wallpapers, all sorts of cool stuff. <laughs> I thought you'd blanked on it there. I did <laughs> for a like, second. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. Look, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know who runs our membership program, but he sounds like a real <laughs> special guy. Mm-hmm. So, Federico, a couple of years ago, you went on this vision quest to make the AirPods mm-hmm. Pro more comfortable, and you ended up with the mm-hmm. Comply foam tips and people wanted a follow-up on that are you still using them did you find something else what's the state of your airpods pro i am not using the comply foam tips anymore (gasps) but i am using a different set of tips that were recommended to me by friend of the show chris lolly um so i am using i'm gonna send you a link these are like hybrid um tips that are using a mix of memory foam and silicon on the outside Mm -hmm. so they're called the charging pro tips and here's a link on amazon.com for you um 
I really like this because they look like regular uh, AirPods tips, but like they have foam on the inside. So they do adapt to the shape of your ear better than just standard, you know, silicone silicon tips from Apple. Um, and I, I like them because they're easier to clean um, and you don't have to like press them and warm them up, warm them up with your fingers like uh, the regular foam tips um, that, you know, and, and also the regular foam tips, they get absolutely disgusting over time and you got to change them every couple of months if you don't pay attention to cleaning them every week or so, uh, every few days actually. Um, and these are much better because they're easier to clean and they got mostly the same benefits of the Comply foam tips, meaning they are more comfortable and they... I feel like they they really adapt to the shape of my inner ear. Um, and yeah, I've been using them for the past uh, more than six months, actually, because I was looking at my Amazon order page. I've been using them since September of last year. So I can recommend these. Um, I think they're... These are basically, they're silicone on the outside, but yep. it like gets squished on the inside, so it makes yes. a better seal. Is that the yep, thing? Yep, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, so it's like a hybrid approach. They I did a Kickstarter... Uh, last year, and now you can just get them from Amazon. And this Chargen Pro, folks, they do a bunch of other accessories, actually, for the AirPods. I was familiar with them because back in the day, I think I bought from them one of those, like, hooks that you could put around the regular AirPods if you wanted to your AirPods to look like the power beats or something, I believe oh, yeah. that these folks, they, they used to make those accessories. And now they're also making fo these hybrid foam tips. Yeah, I like them. Wow. Yeah, they raised 50 grand on uh, Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not so calendar money. What do you money. think of that? There you go. There you go. Uh, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Maybe next year you should pivot to making, you know, foam tapes with and then show dates them. on them. Show I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one for every day, a pair a day. You know? A pair. Of, oh, That's my God. Idea. So th these people have some pretty cool, like, product imagery. But the, for lack of a better term, the cover image on the Amazon page, the first one, is like an AirPod Pro and then has the tip and like an exploded view, but it has the jankiest glow outline around the components. Mm. I, like, why did you make that the default image? I'll tell you why they did it. Because at small sizes, you probably can't tell that these are mm. actually separate things Maybe from each so. other. So I think this is like a designer's way of trying to... Or actually, this wasn't the designer's thing. This was the owner who said... You need to make this clearer. Yeah. So then the designer put a glow behind the elements. And then and then walked into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and then that was the end of that, you know. Yeah. Cool. Talking about AirPods Pro, actually. I don't know about you, Federico. My AirPods Pro's battery is like on its last legs now. Well, remember I got the new ones at some point mid cycle. I have the custom oh, ones. Oh yeah. Okay. So mine are a thousand days old. No. Mm. Because I got them when they came out, and that's that. It's a thousand days old now. I saw a Mac, on uh, Mac rumors. I'm charging the. I'm charging it like every day. I remember this happened, and you guys probably remember this too, with the original AirPods. Like before AirPods Pro came out, we were all complaining that the battery wouldn't last because we never changed them. Um, so I'm. I hope that they release some new ones soon. It's probably not going to be until September, I would expect. But I'm ready for new AirPods Pro, if anything, just to get new battery. And I know I could buy a new case or whatever, but I just don't want to do that. Like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to wait. Um, but I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm very ready. 
But imagine a case wouldn't even make all the difference because it's probably the batteries and the AirPods themselves. That's I, mean, I guess both are probably wearing out. Yeah, you're right. It's probably it's probably a bit of both that I'm seeing. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't notice the AirPods, but I guess that that's not the thing, right? But yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. I'm on my third pair of AirPods 2. They're the ones I like the most, and they're, you know, they get old. How are you on your third pair of those? Wait, did you say third? Mm Mm-hmm. The first pair, yeah, it was like basically battery death. And then I think the second one I lost. Wait, one set I lost and one set succumbed to battery failure. Didn't you drop a pair in a gym once and decide you didn't want them anymore? (laughs) No, that was... (laughs) My wife and I actually were just talking about this. So I dropped the case in the gym bathroom. This is before COVID when I actually like went to a gym and they skittered across the floor. And I thought, well, I have to replace these. And uh, I said that jokingly, but I just cleaned them very well. I believe me, I wanted to replace them because oh, okay. oh but I didn't. Good gym ear. My wife would have actually murdered me. I thought I had lost uh, a heart rate sensor in a gym once. Turns out it was stolen from me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Pay attention terrible. when you are in a gym or mm-hmm. close to people you think are your friends. I mean, I wasn't in the gym, so if now you're saying you lost it in the gym, Mm -hmm. then it had nothing to do with me. Oh, he thought he lost it in the gym. I thought I I did. But it turns out it wasn't Jim, it was Mike. Different guy. My God. The enemy was sleeping right next to me. (laughs) As they often do, Federico. The whole time. (laughs) The whole time. We 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 still have not got... No, we've not gotten to the bottom... Of three pairs of yeah. AirPods 2. No, I told you. Yeah. One one was lost. One I replaced because the batteries failed. So I'm on my third pair. Oh, okay. They're okay. right over there on my... Um, I have a little thing by the door in my studio that I put my wallet and keys and AirPods on every day. They're so over there. you've gone through three pairs of AirPods 2 in the same time that I've had my one pair of AirPods Pro. Did AirPods 2 and Pro come out at the same time? No, AirPods 2 came out later. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's probably like halfway through that too. Like AirPods 2 were like a year or two ago, right? What? No, come on. No, AirPods. Uh, AirPods wait, 2 have been out a long time. Are we on the AirPods 3? Oh, now we are on the AirPods 3. Oh, now we're on AirPods 3. Okay. Which don't okay. work for me. Uh, let me see. Uh, audio. AirPods second generation, March 2019. AirPods Pro, October 2019. Okay, okay. I mean, this isn't that much better for you, but it's but still it's not. Better. It's not a big difference. No, <laughs> no, no. It's better. Yeah, I was, I was thinking AirPods Two was AirPods Three. I forgot that the original AirPods didn't have like wireless charging, right? Man, what a good lineup of products. I mean, can we just yep. say that for a second? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think, I don't think Apple was really prepared for like what a huge hit these have been. Oh no, because they were they were always out of stock, right? Like for a long time, I, I it was impossible to get them at launch. I appreciate Apple's restraint too that they don't release a new pair every year. Like me too. That they they wait until they have a substantial update, it seems, and then they put out a new. <laughs> they version. wait until everybody's batteries are dying, and then they put out a new one. So talking about uh, kind of audio hardware, I just saw this today. Uh, this is I think mo- mostly aimed at Federico on Variety. 
quote, in the second quarter, Spotify's gross margin was 24.6% compared to 28.4% the year prior. For the most recent quarter, that was hurt by the decision to stop manufacturing CarThing, Spotify's device for connecting <laughs> smartphones to car entertainment systems, which resulted in a $31 million uh, million euro one-time charge. So they stopped making wow. it and okay. cut it as a loss, and then that was the end of that. I loved CarThing. I thought it was so cool. I think John has one for me that he was supposed to give to me or ship to me or something. I'm not sure. After a recent episode of one of the Max Stories uh, podcast, Universe podcasts, I don't remember which one it was, where you told him about getting rid of, was it HomePods or Echoes or something? And he was sounding really upset about the, the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yes. Right, so I don't think he's going to give yeah. you anything anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's going to ship you anything anymore. Yeah, yeah I know. he's done. I know. Mm-hmm. It's only a big Apple body left for me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but would you need any more, you know? Would you need any better than big Apple body? I don't think so. No, exactly. They still send me weekly emails. Uh, for example, now I can get the, pix- the Pixel Buds from the US. Well, who doesn't want to hear from their buddies, you know? I get physical mail from the animal shelter that you donated to once on <laughs> or that that you picked for me to donate to i forget what happened they Perfect. send me a postcard Perfect. about three times a year soliciting donations that's great so you get federico mail mm-hmm. that's good yeah i'm if you don't mind i'm also gonna set up a forwarding rule in my gmail <laughs> no uh, i mean <laughs> it's just more Federico mail for you. So you can also get that if you want. Big Apple, all email forwarded, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well, you know. So you're getting physical mail, you're getting email. What is it called in in, uh, in For All Mankind? D-mail? D-mail. Is it what they call it? D-mail, yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. halfway through the season now. No spoilers. Oh, man. It's yeah. intense. Yes. My <laughs> oh, my word. God, the they they ratcheted oh, it up this season. <laughs> Wow, I love it though. Oh my god, the episode from Friday. Oh my, oh my. I and haven't, it, and I it's haven't only seen get, that one yet. And I know that it's only getting quote unquote worse in terms of intensity because the creators said that episode eight is one of the really intense ones. Yep. And hmm. that's that's the one coming out next. So yeah. I, Steven's seen it. I saw the finale this weekend. <sighs> god, I'm so jealous. I'm so I jealous. I now feel like I'm in a ru- I'm like in a race with the show so i can get to it while i still have my screeners like yeah. while they're still you know i've just been watching them on apple tv at the moment mm-hmm. it's really good such a good show and just renewed for a new season as was mm-hmm. mythic quest which is another apple tv plus show that i really they like. renewed mythic quest they did yeah that's yeah. a surprise i know huh I'm excited. I'm pleased about it. Me too. But I, it kind of seemed like they were just going to do one more. So there, if you haven't watched Mythic Quest, it's definitely worth a watch. But their COVID episode in season two is maybe the best episode of TV on Apple TV Plus. It's so good. It is really good. I, it's. I think it's the only like good COVID special episode. Lots of shows tried to do that kind mm-hmm. of thing, mm-hmm. and Mythic Quest pulled it off really, really well. This episode of Connected is made possible by Text Expander. When you work on a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting time finding video conferencing details to send to that new client or tracking down the same FAQs from the company website over and over. These are the kind of things that you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done more quickly. 
And that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes. This allows you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest. You can build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then create your chosen abbreviation. They'll be with you wherever you're typing on the Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. You can customize these snippets by having them automatically fill in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps. You can build drop down menus and so much more. I use Text Expander countless times a day to fix common typos, to share URLs with people I need to very often, to make sure that I'm filling in information correctly when we pay people. All sorts of things. Uh, from I'm using Tech Expander for all sorts of things that make my day-to-day work better and more efficient. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Tech Expander. Check it out at textexpander.com/connected, and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com/connected to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of Connected. Want to talk a little bit about Apple Store stuff? How does that sound? All right. Okay. Okay. So Michael Stieber, he used to cover Apple retail for 9to5Mac and then went out on his own a while back. Uh, he's got a newsletter now, which is great, called Tabletop. Uh, he covers uh, Apple retail better than, I think, anyone else. And he has put together what he's calling the Apple Store Time Machine. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. It's a Mac app that lets you explore four Apple stores as they were on specific dates in the past. So he has Tyson's Corner, which was the first Apple store open, and it's the way it was in May 2001 when it opened. He has Stanford Shopping Center in October of 2004, which was the first mini Apple store. Do you guys ever come across those, the the mini stores? I've seen them in pictures, but never in real life. I don't think I know what that means. So it is a, or was, they don't do them anymore. They were like a half-width Apple store. Like, Mike, do you remember the old Apple store here before they moved across the street? Yeah. It was like half of that width. So it was, it was okay. narrow, and they did brushed metal on all the walls. And it was just like basically less third-party stuff on it, in it. Okay. And... um, In it. It's... uh. Anyways, the Stanford Shopping Center was the first one. So he's recreated that. And then the first day that the Fifth Avenue store was open and when when they reopened the Apple Infinite Loop store in 2015. Now that's basically like a regular Apple store with some T-shirts in it. It used to be like when I was out there in 2007, it was basically all merchandise. So you can walk through these stores and experience them. There's tons of little Easter eggs in it. The attention to detail is really, really cool. And if you if you spend a lot of time in Apple stores like I did in the past, it really kind of took me back in a way that I that I wasn't expecting. How did he yeah, get I, this information? I don't understand. I I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's so detailed. Like he's had some tweets about it about how one of the stores, like the launch pictures included like a, a certain type of graphic on the wall. And then when it opened, it was different. So like he had to contend with that. It's all very impressive. This is a Stephen Hackett project if I've ever seen yeah. one. This is like Stephen bait. 
I think yeah, he knew that when he, built, when he told uh, me about it. <laughs> yeah. This was built with Unity, the game engine, I believe. It was. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is so impressive. So you have to download the Mac app and then... Okay. I don't yeah. think I did and, that. Yet. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Michael is relatively new to 3D graphics and animations. So... Um, this is excellent work. I mean, and packaged this way in this sort of interactive experience. I mean, it's um, it's a it's a remarkable idea, and the execution is also like it's really well done. And the historical knowledge behind this is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Like to go back and find the exact layout of a store from twenty years ago, down to the posters on the wall and the boxed software on the shelves, like that. That's honestly impressive. I'd forgotten some of the things in here, like, uh, and there's a little glimpse in the little preview trailer of uh, the New York store. There used to be a separate iPod Genius Bar for a minute, and they like they have they have that on the wall, and it's uh it's really cool. If you, you should definitely check it out. It's a bit of a big download. It's like 600 megs, as you may imagine. Uh, it's free, but there is a tip jar. Uh, definitely uh, donate some to this works. It is it is really cool. The Tyson's Corner one, mm-hmm. is that the one where Steve Jobs made the video? So I, I don't actually, I think it is. I, I, I don't want to say 100% sure, but that video that you're talking about is filmed in a store just like it. If it's not Tyson Corner, yep. then it's a mock-up that's basically exactly like it. Right, and it could have actually not even been a real Apple store, right? Right, because they, they, it, it's in the, um, I forget what book it's in, but there's some book, Apple book that's floated around the last couple of years that they had like a big warehouse that they mocked the stores up in and he would go. And, oh yeah. 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 And talk about it. It was cool. I'm trying to find that video and see, I'm going to say that I'm just going to say, yes, he went to Tyson corner. I found a mm-hmm. version of this video that I'll put in the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah. The problem with a lot of this stuff gets taken down. So yeah, you may just have to Google it for yourself, but there's a bunch of options. It says Tyson's Corner, Virginia. It says it in the in the description of this video. Uh, the store he's walking through is how the the Memphis store looked because the Memphis store was the twentieth open. It was one of the first ones, and it looked just like that for a long time. And so when I went through that one, I was like, "Oh gosh!" Like I'm <laughs> back at my job in two thousand and six and seven. Mm. You mentioned a book. Brief aside, I started reading um, after Steve. Mm-hmm. I know that you and David did a, a Mac Powers special about it, which I'm looking forward to listening to when I'm done. Two things. One, I thought it was just about Johnny Ive for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but it's not. So I was like, oh, <laughs> Tim Cook's in here too. I didn't know that. I think it's just so much of the focus before the book came out seemed to be about the Johnny Ive stuff and like Johnny Ive leaving and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I am really enjoying it. I think it's very interesting and well-written. I like it. The other Apple Store story we want to talk about, Mike, you sent this to me this morning. So when I open this link, it has a little shared by Mike banner at the top. That's nice. (laughs) Tell us about this new London Apple Store. Yeah, Apple have opened a new store called Apple Brompton Road. Uh, So it's another, I think this is now the third Apple Store in London. Mm. Um, This is in the Knightsbridge neighborhood. It's near Hyde Park. The Kind of the key thing here with this store is it's near the Harrods department store, which... I expect a lot of people might be at least familiar with the name. So it is in an area, a shopping area of London with a lot of very, very high-end luxury retail. 
like mm. the, the the most expensive of expensive stores are in this part of London. I don't know if that's why they've opened a store here, but they did note in the press release uh, that this store has 200 employees speaking 45 languages. That's cool. Now, that would be very helpful for where this store is located because people come from all over the world uh, and shop on in Knightsbridge. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that they would do that. Um, and as you can imagine, like any new uh, Apple store, it is absolutely stunning inside i will make a trip to this store at some point like if i'm going to be in and around that part of london i'm going to go here uh because it is it is beautiful so it's got like this timber the curved timber ceiling like the roof uh ceiling it looks really beautiful it's got that like limestone walls that i've seen in especially in a lot of the london the stores they've done this and i think that the store that you went to federico had a similar kind of stone on the wall yeah what's the name of that one what was that one wasn't that the one where they renovated the uh yeah uh the regent street was it really? Oh, I I was meaning the one that you went to in Rome. Was it or is it Milan? In Rome, I went. But to yeah, Rome. The, the Regent Street store I think was the first store that got this kind of yeah outfit yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but it's this beautiful stone, and then it also has terrazzo flooring, which is very mm-hmm. on trend for right now. Somebody wrote in our document here on fleek. You mean hashtag damn Daniel? Yeah. You said on trend, and I was just trying to show you I was trying Oh, it was you. You said damn Daniel, because yeah, we've had this I in the will. past where you don't know what that is. I do know what it is. No, he knows okay. what damn Daniel is, yeah. And there's a bunch of Sicilian ficus trees, uh, which have mm. those planters on the bottom that you can sit on, which I think were a great addition to the Apple Store, somewhere you can sit. Because yeah. a lot of the time you're in the Apple Store, you have to wait for something. So being able to sit somewhere... It's really good. Well, they so, also yeah, they also stuff. have those like boxes in the back near the screen with no backs that you can sit on and be uncomfortable. Yeah, but for... sometimes there's things going on there, right? Yeah. And so like you don't you, you don't want to go and sit because then you're like being sucked into the presentation. This is also the first UK store with a pickup area, which mm, a place to put my truck. Mm, yes. Sure. Uh, which, this is a thing that I thought Apple were just doing during the pandemic, but I guess it's kind of stuck around now, um, which is the, this is basically, you can buy things online and pick, like you can pick them up in a store, but instead of needing to flag someone down in the store, you can just go to the pickup area, which I think is a very good thing to be able to do, rather than trying to just like rugby tackle someone as they're walking by so you can get seen. This changed during COVID. So for a while, at least here in the U.S., stores that were closed because of COVID, some of them had pickup area, and it was like a, a fake storefront in the front of the store. So like one person could go in, you could walk about three feet into the building, and then they hand you your stuff through a window. Now what they're doing, at least in my store and I think in others, is if you have a pickup, you get stopped at the door, and you're sort of siphoned off to the side, and they've taken one of like the tables along the wall for pick up and so they scan your thing and a runner goes and gets your you know your your iphone or whatever and brings it out to you so they have adapted this a little bit but i really like this idea of a dedicated pickup space and like how good does that table look i mean i love the way the store looks yeah it's a beautiful table it's really cool yeah i 
I will I will pop in there at some point. Yeah, pick something up. Just it, you know. Very pick, good uh, looking. Pick something up, and so I, I hope to see more stores adopt this sort of style of pickup thing, where it's a it's a little bit of a nicer experience and being sort of roped off to the to the side. I mean, I know not all stores are this big and glamorous, but all in all, like more people just across the board, across retail are doing like online shopping for in-store pickup. I mean, I, th- I feel like every website I've ever visited in the last two years have o- have offered that to me now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Apple can continue to tweak their stores to uh, adapt to that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Indeed. Here's a quick puzzle for you. What would you do if your business had to hire somebody great in a hurry? Well, here's a hint. You need Indeed because... They are the way you can hire great people fast. Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, Indeed is your one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Indeed just knows how to make hiring pain-free. Like how Indeed puts you in control of what you pay. You set your must-have job requirements and only pay for the applications that meet them. There's a transparent, flat fee per application and you can pause your job posting whenever you want. More than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And you can join them. Businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com connected to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com connected. Go there now to check it out, I-N-D-E-E-D, Indeed.com slash connected. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Thanks to Indeed for their support of the show. I've got a computer here. Just one? (laughs) (laughs) Like 87. (laughs) That was so good. No, that was good. Uh, the, uh, The M2 MacBook Air that we ordered came in yesterday, so I haven't had a ton of time with it. But something very funny happened basically right after I unboxed it. So I unboxed it, and I had it on Mary's desk in the house. And she's been using an M1 MacBook Air since it came out. But before that, she was on an Intel MacBook Air, and before that, a 12-inch MacBook, and before that, the old 11-inch MacBook Air. So she has been using wedge-shaped computers for a long time. And she picked it up. And she said, why is this so thick? And it blew my mind. I was like, wait, no, it's like super thin and lightweight. Yeah. But she was expecting the wedge shape because she picked it up from the front edge. And so I sort of like showed her the side and how it was the same profile all the way through. Anyways, that just sort of struck me because we've been talking about the shape change a lot. But the three of us haven't used a wedge shaped laptop as our main notebook for a long, long time. And it, it, it cracked me up that that was her sort of immediate response. Do you think, is she not into it? I think she is. I mean, she basically picked it up and then I took it and um, brought it out here to the office. So she hasn't spent any time with it. But she also basically uses her laptop as a desktop. So it's just going to 
you know, be put into a stand behind her LG Ultra Fine. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, I'm into it. I think it's really cool. I transferred stuff from my MacBook Pro to it because I'm going to use it for a couple of weeks before it becomes hers. And the thing that struck me, I, I knew this because I'd read all the reviews and watched all the reviews, but when it's closed, it's as thick as the just the bottom part of my 14-inch MacBook Pro. Like it is, I kind of they're side by side right now on my desk. They're shocking. It is shockingly thinner. One place where you found this out was when I told you this last week. I said these words to you last week on the show. On the show? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I listen to a lot of Apple podcasts. I mean, who knows where ideas come from? This was just a conversation me and you had. You know, like I mean, it was on the show, but that is a great part of it. I still remain surprised at how it feels to hold like it feels this is a bad word but like inconsequential like it just doesn't really feel like much which i really like yeah uh and but i am also i was uh, i haven't spent a ton of time using it like a laptop like i've used it mostly as i use my current laptop which is plugged into a monitor right but i was doing some stuff last night on at home on the macbook air itself and it still feels so sturdy like it's super thin but it still feels like it's not like it's the thing is bending or flexing like (laughs) it is a solid piece of equipment yeah i mean they've they've really gotten this whole unibody architecture thing down so well and that means they can make something super thin i mean even the 12 inch macbook felt solid in a way that it probably shouldn't have like just you know if you just like looked at the specs on paper but yeah it feels great and what i what i like about it immediately is the difference between the air and the pro i mean having them side by side you know 13.6 inches versus 14 inch screen size like it is a little bit smaller it's not drastically smaller footprint wise the ports the thinness the silent operation like it lets the macbook pro be thicker with more ports with fans and everything like i like the, the, I like that there's more distinguishing features between the two lines. I think we spoke about that last week. And having it now here in person, like it doesn't feel like a light version of my MacBook Pro. It feels like a like a MacBook Air, kind of like the way they used mm. to, like back you know in the in the the 2010 MacBook Air era. You know the pre Retina, the 11 and 13 inch, that sort of generation of MacBook Air. How the MacBook Air was like noticeably different than the MacBook Pro, and that ultimately meant the demise of that generation of MacBook Air because it never got the Retina display. But now it has like almost all the good parts of the MacBook Pro, but with the trade-offs dialed, you know, a little bit differently to give you a uh, a different experience. And it's it's a great little machine. I mean, I'm going to finish setting it up this evening and my plan is to use it as my notebook, um, which actually next week, due to uninteresting reasons, I'm actually going to be on my laptop a good bit. I'm not going to be in the office very much next week. And so... I expect to put it through my put it through its paces uh, in a bigger way, but so far, just you know, getting it out of the box, setting it up, using it a little bit, it's it's a very impressive little machine. Do you think that you will be tempted to get one? I am very happy with the 14 inch MacBook Pro, and I really like having HDMI and SD card slot. So I don't think so. I want to know what kind of user, what, what what kind of connected listener do you think? should consider this computer instead of a MacBook Pro? Honestly, the way I think about this, and this really, I think, has been true in the Apple Silicon era, is your default answer should be the Air unless you have a specific reason to go to the Pro. So if you have multi-threaded workflows that really benefit from the bigger 
system on a chip found in the MacBook Pro. Or if you need HDMI and SD card stuff on a regular basis and you don't want to deal with dongles as much. I mean, really, in the in the time I've had my MacBook Pro, I got rid of my big like multi-dongle thing. I took it out of my bag mm. and I put it in my uh, just in the drawer, and I just have a couple of USB-C to A ones in my bag now. So it, those sorts of things are nice. But I think everyone should start with: Does the MacBook Air meet my needs? And only if you have serious workflow requirements do you move up. And with the M2, even if that means like editing 4K video occasionally. I don't think that disqualifies the MacBook Air anymore. Now, if you're doing really complicated video stuff, if you're doing a lot of heavy software development, if you're doing a lot of really complicated audio stuff, sure, the MacBook Pro is going to serve you really well. But that's a pretty small group of people, I think, out in the real world. And I think especially with the M2, you get such incredible uh, performance than... Don't go up to the Pro unless you really have to. Hmm. Mike, you've had yours for, or Apple's now, for um, a little bit now. How how have you come along in your decision-making about getting one for yourself? Well, I haven't canceled that order. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, I'm still in the phase where it's early, right? Like, the earliest I'm going to get that machine is, like, I think the middle of August. So I'm still giving... I need to send this laptop back to Apple next week. Mm -hmm. And so my plan is to make my decision before I do that. Hmm. I did buy a 12 South book arc thing. Yeah, yeah. Which would be for my MacBook Pro to be permanently plugged into a monitor on my desk. So I did commit to that part. Right, because then the idea is the MacBook Pro becomes the machine that I record and edit on. So I committed to 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 those fifty dollars or whatever. Uh, at the moment, it's looking really likely because I very much enjoy uh, this MacBook Air in my bag every day, way more than putting the MacBook Pro in my bag every day mm-hmm. um, and carrying it around because it's just like easier. The bag is less full. It's easier to put my Steam Deck in my backpack because the Steam Deck in the case is like mammoth <laughs> uh so i don't know I, i'm at the moment i'm leaning towards it i still don't feel great about the fact that it's like that i have n- nothing to sell to help fund it yeah but i might just kind of like bite the bullet and commit to not be upgrading again for another couple of years of either of these laptops is the plan if i do it interesting well i'm not buying one for anyone who might be curious about this so that's my opinion. It looks really good. You're using a 14-inch MacBook Pro, right? Yeah, I'm using I'm using that one right now. Uh, and honestly, like it's just so nice to have, you know, all this power. And I love my I love my chunky computer, you know. Yeah, but you're not moving it around, right? Like, this is the thing of like I'm taking no, it. No, that's the all, thing. Like it's in my backpack all the time, and so I kind of want the smallest, lightest computer for that. But still Mm -hmm. being able to take advantage of the power of my MacBook Pro in the thing that I need it the most for. Because, like, the thing that I need the most power for, I'm currently using an M1 iMac with 16 (laughs) gigabytes of RAM for that. Yeah. 
so I, I think that this will allow for a more logical reshifting of the computers that I have. But I do feel like three computers is too many computers for one man to have. Yeah. I mean, I've got a little bit of that, too. Like, I've got the Mac Studio, and that's my machine 98% of the time. Like, I could get away easily with a MacBook Air, I think, as my notebook. I got the 14-inch MacBook Pro and really love it. But, like, if I if it... Like, say that it got... Um, destroyed or lost or stolen or something like i don't know if i'd replace it with a macbook pro again so we do have beta 4 of ios and iPadOS 16 and all the other os's ventura watchos home pods and whatever all the other stuff that we don't care about tvos baby tvos so there's a few things i want to touch upon a few changes that i've noticed uh, that i want to that i want to cover in here so uh, there's now an official developer documentation for the live activities. That's the, the, the special notifications that will go live later this year, not as part of iOS 16. Um, that's the stuff, you know, that for real-time updates, basically, that they showed off at WWDC for Uber and sports apps, you know, want to keep track of the game, want to keep track of your... Uh, food delivery order, whatever. Like, there's now uh, an official API and documentation for developers. So if you're interested in, in building for that, I believe it's called Activity Kit. So go check it out. There's documentation now. Um, some interesting changes to iMessage when it comes to the two to, to the feature that we the two features arguably that Apple is kind of sort of copying from WhatsApp this year. So unsending and editing messages. There's a couple of changes in here worth noting. Um, now you can unsend a message for up to two minutes after sending it. Good. I believe they took this down from 15 minutes, right? Used to oh, be 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that meant it was more time. Am I, mis- okay. am I mistaken? Am I mistaken? No, I think you might you be could- right. I think you might be right. You can still edit for up to 15 minutes, but okay. now you can only unsend for up to two minutes. So that's the change in, in this week's beta. Uh, and you can still edit for 15 minutes. For edits, now this is a fascinating change that Apple is making here. For edits, you can make up to five edits for any given message, and the recipients will see a record of all the edits in the hmm. message. So there's a new, uh, if you, uh, and I just tried this with a group chat uh, that we have. Um, if you edit a message, there's a new edited button. You can tap that and it'll show you a log of all the previous versions of the message. And looks like you guys are also making these edits and I can tap Yeah, them. I want to see it now. So. Yeah. You can see <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, look and, at that. Uh, yeah. You, you get can little see ghost the log. messages. Yeah. Yeah, so once again, Apple has done this better than Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's, but that's a different conversation. Anyway, um, and lastly, I also wanted to cover, well, first of all, sadly, doesn't look like there's any changes on the iPadOS side of things. And I can actually tell you that the one of the requests that I filed for Stage Manager, specifically the option to transfer an entire workspace of apps to an external display. So the idea of taking three, four apps on your iPad and clicking a button or pressing a hotkey to say, move all of this at once to an external display. My request was denied because no! I got a response from the from the <laughs> wow. feedback app saying, we decided not to pursue or whatever um, this feature right now. 
So, you know, sad trombone. But yeah, that's Federico who, am I right? You know what I'm saying? I like we don't care about that guy. We don't care about that guy. That's what that's what you get for not going to WBDC, you know? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I deserve it. I deserve it. You don't care, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and for mail, they also brought some changes for the undo send feature. Now you can turn that on or off in settings and you can set the duration for the undo send time. And uh, I believe you can also turn on and off the follow up uh, preference in settings. So if you want to be reminded to follow up on some messages and you don't care about following up with other people, you can turn that off in settings. You know, you've reminded me of something about mail, uh, which I just think is so ridiculous. That schedule send thing that the computer has to be on for that to work. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I know why, like, because of the way that Apple does things, et cetera, et cetera, why that's the case. But, like, why would you use that feature? Like, you, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems so silly to me. Like, I mean, also, I would just say, like, maybe this is just a thing. Like, I don't even, I don't, I know why people do it. I don't understand why people do it. Like, if you're doing the email, just send the email. Like, you're doing the email, just send it. But I guess whatever. so. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just me. I know that different people like to do things different ways. Otherwise, these features wouldn't exist. But there's there's also an update in settings notifications. I spoke last time about the stacking versus list, and now there's a little drawing showing you what they look like. Yeah, we thought this would happen, right? That because it was just very strange to be like, yeah. "Here are these three things you've never heard of before. <laughs> you work it out." Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I, I'm back yeah. on as a follow up from last week. I am back on list view. I just kind of got tired of like losing things to the ether and the background of the stack. So, list view for me. Mm. You're gonna upset the count. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh. Wait, did you stop the count? Is that what you did? <laughs> Wow. Oh my God, Mike, I just got it. Oh my God. That's like an, an uh, that's very bad and perfect at the same time. That's what I was going for. <laughs> you know? I, I, I hate it and, and I love it. You know what? Just hold a news conference outside of lawn care company and talk about it. <laughs> what a wild time to be alive, you know? <laughs> what a time to be alive. Oh, God. I wonder if this beta will make my phone less hot. My phone gets so hot right now. Like, if sometimes it like it hurts to hold my iPhone. <laughs> like, oh, what? oh, gosh. Mine's not that bad. Well, I don't use a case. Oh, yeah. I guess the leather's absorbing some heat for me. I'm getting, like... <laughs> Com complete mm. you know mm -hmm. i'm getting complete like phone to skin transfer here it's very hot i'm running the the watch OS beta 2 i don't see an update for that yet but other than a couple of days where the battery life's been kind of bad it's been totally fine and i, I really like the new some of the new workout stuff like some of the new split views and stuff when you're on a walk or a run are pretty nice it's uh it's all mostly good stuff this year so far i think I've held off on the watch. I'm still holding off on the watch, but I, I, I was nervous about doing it because yeah. it's is it still impossible to undo? I think it is. But I was uh I've been pleasantly surprised with it. Is it impossible to undo? It used to be. I don't I don't know about anymore. Stage manager feels like smoother to rearrange stuff. Snappier to me on my iPad. Snappier, like Safari Snappier. Uh but feels snappier. 
Yeah, there isn't really. They've still got that thing where, like, if you try and add another window and it's like, later on, it's coming later. Stop asking. <laughs> Leave me alone. Still, <laughs> no, you got to use drag and drop for now. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> Please why, stop. Why would you click that button, man? Come on, don't do this. Um, what I think they've done with stage manager is there maybe when you mention it's smoother i think what they've done is they're making some adjustments in terms of when you remove an app from the stage they recenter the only one app left and i think that's a little bit smoother than before and that makes mm. sense right because if i'm removing stuff from the workspace and i'm left with just one app it's fine if you want to zoom it and center it on screen. I think that part is a little bit smoother. Uh, I don't see any new keyboard shortcuts. I don't see any particular new gestures, but I agree. It does feel, based on these five minutes that I've played with it, it does seem a bit more fluid. But then again, How many apps can you have on a stage? On your four. IPad? Four. Hey, it's just four. Up okay, I four. wondered if yeah. it was a limit of... Um the iPad Air that I have. But, uh, no, it's know. up to four on the iPad and another four on the display. So you can do up to eight in 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 theory, but that's you know four on the iPad, four on the display. My my rule breaking iPad because I have the sixty four gigabyte no memory swap iPad, of which Stage Manager runs perfectly fine on. This episode of Connected is made possible by Capital One. Have you ever hit a technical snafu while shopping online? Maybe you've gotten a headache from using payment fields or your mobile banking app has been down when you really needed it. Capital One believes everyone deserves better banking, giving everyone easier access to their money and more security when doing so. That's why Capital One is investing big in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do all sorts of things like fight fraud. They use this with models that quickly detect suspicious activity and make it faster to alert federal investigators. And they can identify how mobile app outages happen to give developers the tools they need. Keeping mobile apps up and running doesn't happen by accident. Anomaly detection and incident response help determine why app outages happen so engineers can quickly remedy them. And Capital One is speeding up online shopping with machine learning at the edge. This makes shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. The technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser, identifying payment fields, which helps make using virtual card numbers easier and faster. The potential of machine learning is so big. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking. Search machine learning and Capital One. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Oh, man, I was just, I, I wanted to try you guys so hard just now, but I thought, it wasn't fair to the passionate ones because I wanted to ask the question, do you do, have either of you ever or do you currently track your sleep? And I thought it would be fun to pose that as a quiz question. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but that felt unfair, you know, like it was I wanted to troll you. I don't want to troll every listener by letting them think the quiz is about to begin. The quiz is not about to begin. But I would like to know, have either of you ever tracked your sleep? I I have I've done it. Do you currently? Past. No, I do not. Why? Because I because everything my life is very complicated right now, and there's no. I just um, I have to wake up early. So, up honestly, I've kind of settled on an. I think I think I've gotten better at knowing when I gotta go to sleep and 
I think the change is that I've uh, I've become an alarm clock person. Mm. It used to be, you know, many many years ago, you guys used to make fun of the fact that Sylvia would wake me up in the morning with a with a cup of coffee, and now I just uh, maybe I'm a bit more responsible. I set an alarm, and I wake up when the alarm goes off. And so now I think I have a pretty good sense of when I'm supposed to go to sleep and I get my six hours, six and a half hours of sleep and I'm fine and I can, I'm good for the day. And I just feel like I don't need to anymore. I, I feel like the tracking gave me a framework, like it, it helped me build a structure years ago. And there's still the occasional like, oh, shoot, it's 5 a.m. and I just stayed up binging a TV show or playing a video game. But that hasn't happened in a while. And I just know that, you know, because I have commitments in, in the early morning, I'm just, uh, I don't track my sleep because I know when I need to wake up anyway. So what do you mean it gave you a framework? Though? Like I'm interested to see, like what did you feel like you gained from it? Yeah, so I feel like when I when I used to do it, uh, first of all, it helped me understand I have this sort of hard limit in in my in my body, I guess, where if I sleep less than six hours, I'm not gonna have a good time in the morning. Like that's like my ideal threshold. Like six hours is okay, seven hours you can do it. I go under six hours. I'm going to have a bad time. I go over seven hours, I'm also going to have a bad time because I'm going to feel groggy. The, yeah, if I sleep too much, mm, not great. Oh, interesting. I guess that happens when you get older. You know, you you know, you can sleep less, but if you sleep more, then you also feel that. Uh, there's the, like, again, there's the occasional time where I'm super exhausted the night before and I can sleep eight hours, but that's like twice a year, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, but ideally, you know, in between between six and seven hours is my uh, like ideal state, and that's the sort of discovery that I made by um, tracking my sleep years ago. And we're talking like four or five years ago. And honestly, and this is also kind of weird. I at the time I like there was one time when I turned thirty when I really felt my body change. Um, like sort of, I don't know, but it felt like I, I remember distinctly like a week uh, that I, I, I don't know, I started feeling different from before. I was like, hmm, I guess, uh, I guess I'm growing older now and I can feel it. And, uh, and yeah, that's when I, you know, started, you know, with sleep tracking, taking, you know, taking sort of account of those numbers and understanding, okay, the day that I slept five hours, I can see that I don't feel so great. The day that I got a good six and a half hours, I'm feeling pretty good. And you do that for enough months, uh, you start seeing a pattern in there. And so now I know if I need to wake up at 9.30, I better go to sleep at 3.30 or something because otherwise I'm not going to have a good time in the morning. So that was useful to sort of understand. What did you use to do mm. it? Mm. Not the Apple solution, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, because the so I'm very confused by the Apple way of doing things because when I did it years ago, it wanted to like I really disliked the setting a schedule because that's the thing I don't want to set a schedule. I just want to know 
the, like I'm setting the alarm for the morning each night in the clock app. That's what I want to do. And then I, I sort of, I want to self-regulate, if you wish. Like I'm setting the alarm and I know when I got to go to sleep. Apple wanted me to have a, like a schedule for every day of the week. Yeah, like you go to sleep at this time or wake up at this time. It's like, no, life doesn't really work like that. Exactly. Yeah. It feels like, I don't know, I don't know if things have changed in the meantime, but it felt like a feature designed for people who go to the office every morning and who commute at a specific time every morning. And Which, I hey, understand. is the right way to build that tool, yes. right? Because that is yes. the majority of the world. They have a yes. schedule. The ma- yeah. Exactly. But that's never been my case. And so when I used to be really into sleep tracking, I used um, AutoSleep the Apple Watch app, excellent Apple Watch app that gave me just the information I needed. I set my alarm in the clock app and then I wore my Apple Watch to bed and when I woke up in the morning, it understood that I had woken up and it gave me the report and that's all I Do you I have needed. to tell the app you're going to sleep? Nope. Nope. Okay. You don't. That's probably it's, the auto in auto sleep, right? There it that's, is. That's it. Yeah, it's not called auto because of cars. It's called auto because it's automatic. Yes. Sleep auto. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's my story. So with apples, do you have to say like, "Hey, watch, I'm going to bed now"? Yeah, the, I, again, I haven't tried it in the past year or so, but that's the way it was supposed to to work years ago. Like you, you got these bedtime reminders, and you yeah, were su- I'm looking at the K-Base article, and now. you were like, "Yeah, I'm going to sleep now." I don't want to do that. So many, like most of my going to sleep. Um, like the way that it works for me now is I fall asleep watching a YouTube video like or playing a video game and when I'm realizing that I'm drifting off I either put the switch to bed real quick and I set it aside on the nightstand or I search for (laughs) the TV remote and I turn off the TV and I turn on my side and I go to sleep like I recognize okay I'm drifting off I better turn off the thing and go to sleep that's how I do it I set the alarm before and uh, but I don't want to press any buttons. I don't want to have any interactions. I don't want to say, "Hey, computer, I'm going to sleep," because when I'm going to sleep, it's too hard for me to have any complex interactions with the display. Stephen, you ever do any of this? Wow, I didn't realize I had I had all this stuff. I don't hmm. use Apple's thing for the same reasons y'all y'all talked about. It's too rigid for what I want. Um, I do have Sleep Plus Plus from our friend underscore installed on my phone and watch. But I don't, I don't sleep track at night mainly because I don't like wearing my watch to bed, uh, and uh, and that's a bummer. I mean, it ca- it captures naps because I'm not you know I could fall asleep like in an afternoon. So I can tell you on uh, Saturday, July second, I had a two hour nap from one to three p.m. It's pretty good. Good work. It's something that I've done, I did years ago, and someone in the Discord, I, forgive me, I can't find it now, but someone in the Discord was like, I don't know what to do with the data, except I know that I need to sleep more, and that's kind of how I feel about it. But this is why I've never done it, so this is why I want, because I know I remembered Federico done it for longer, and so like I wanted to hear what Federico just said, really, about like, I did it for a period of time, learn some stuff and stop, yes. because yes. I've always felt this way of like, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I'm asking today, Stephen, carry on with stories, sorry, and then I'll get, I'll get back to that, sorry. No, I mean, th- that's pretty much all I have to say, like, I, I get pretty decent amount of sleep now. I don't sleep particularly well and like I, I kind of know that and I've tried some things to help it over the years, but I don't know 
like, I don't have a goal in mind for this data to work to. It's like, it's different, you know, wearing my Apple watch every day and like trying to close my rings. Like I have goals in terms of that, but Mm -hmm. the sleep thing never really like jumped out at me as something that I wanted to dive into, but I want to hear what, what, why you're thinking about it. So I have made the decision has been suggested to me that I should stop looking at my iPhone in bed. Hmm. Right. Just Mm. like put the phone, like when I'm in bed, no more iPhone. It's a good, it's a good idea. Right. I just would sit, I would go go to bed and then I'll be on my iPhone. I could be doing whatever I'm doing, kind of like what Federico's doing, watching videos usually, but I could be doing anything on Instagram, like whatever. And so like I'm stopping that. And what I'm doing instead is listening to audiobooks. So the the book that I mentioned earlier, the After Steve, I'm listening to the audiobook. And I've been putting that on at night, put on a little sleep timer, and I'm usually asleep before the sleep timer's done, and then the next day I have to try and find where I was in the book. Mm-hmm. But like whatever, it's like it's doing the job. So like a couple of things happened. One was I set up a sleep focus mode so I could have a specific home screen that got rid of the apps that I shouldn't be checking when I'm in bed and put the audiobook app, like the Audible app on my home screen, right? So it was just right there for me. And there's also a sleep widget, which I think only exists in the sleep focus mode, which I'm very intrigued how that's the case, Hmm. right? Like, am I wrong here? Like, I couldn't seem to find this, like, sleep widget, but there is a sleep widget. I don't see it. Right, but on... Oh, okay, there, there it is in iOS 16. But it's not the same one. I don't understand. Is there's like a There's, like, a widget that appears in the sleep that I can't seem to replicate any other way. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, whatever. It's not important for the story. And so in doing that, like, I just was like, oh, I'll get to set it up, like, with the times, but no alarm. So, like, during that time, my iPhone's also doing the thing where it, like, the screen goes dark and, like, which I actually kind of like because it's, like, reminding me, like, stop looking now. So and and that's I can kind of set that within a regular time parameter, even though I'm not going to sleep at the same time every day. And so one of the things that's happened to me is I'm going to bed, and then I would usually be up for like maybe an hour, maybe more, like just in bed, just like doing whatever. But listening to the book, I'm falling asleep, and I'm, that means I'm falling asleep sooner than I would have fallen asleep before. So like anywhere between thirty to ninety minutes earlier than I would have otherwise. So I'm getting more sleep and I actually feel better in the morning. And so it's maybe for the first time in my life where I'm like, okay, so something's happened here. Maybe some information about this would be good. Now, I don't know how useful it is without not having the information before. Like it would be more helpful, right? If I was tracking before I was doing this and then after I started doing this, so I'd have some comparisons to make. But it just made me wonder if, like, the two of you had ever done it because I'm, I'm not decided on it because ultimately I actually don't think I want to wear my Apple Watch in bed. Like, that's the problem. It's too big yeah. of a watch. And I wouldn't want to wear the leather watch band that I wear so no. I don't have to be changing the watch band every day. It's like a whole thing. Day watch, night watch. I don't want to do that, that's for sure. There's um, so th- There is a setting. It's in health under sleep there it's called track time in bed with iphone and it says health can give you a better understanding of your sleep patterns by using your sleep schedule so you have to have that set up and analyzing when you pick up and use your iphone during the night so i guess that's like kind of a thing um 
I mean, but all that's going to do is just tell me hours, right? Like, at least with the watch, I get some kind of idea of, like, movement. And if I'm, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm disturbed at night and stuff like that. Yeah. Because, like, I have it. It's telling me that I had seven hours and 21 minutes of in-bed time. Right. But that, that doesn't mean you're asleep where the watch would know that a little bit better. Exactly. And so, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, I don't really. I I just haven't decided. I just wanted to see what you two thought about it. But it's, this is the first time I've ever felt like like I maybe wanted to do something like this. Have you considered the Bedit product that Apple makes, or they bought and own and still sell for some reason? I mean, I'm a. I mean, I'm aware that these things exist. Yeah. I just wonder if that would be like um because you had it under your seat, just on on your side of the bed. And maybe it would be enough information to help. I don't know. Can you still get it? Uh, let's see. I mean, there's still a website and you can still get the app, but... Yeah, can you buy the thing? There is nothing that suggests you can buy it anywhere. Let me look on the Apple store. It's spelled Bedit like Reddit with a B, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm not sure you can still buy it. There you go. <laughs> It's the end of that, then I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying. I'm in like the information gathering phase mm-hmm. uh, with this one, but I, I've noticed a little difference, and uh, I'm enjoying listening to audiobooks at night. So I'm searching eBay for Bedit. Maybe you could find a nice used one. Definitely don't want that. <laughs> oh no, you can buy it on Apple's, like on the Apple Store. Okay, and you can't hear. I searched for it and it don't come up. It's 150 pounds. USB-A. I think you should try it and report back. I don't know if I want this. Really? I don't know if I want it. Where does the data even go? Into the Bedit app, and then I would imagine into health. Does anyone know the answers to these questions? I just answered it. It's in the app. No, you. do you know, it's, do you know it, it works in health? Uh, let's see. Bedit, Apple. Real-time follow-up from Jason Snell in the Slack chat. <laughs> I have a Bedit. Cool. It does pair the with the iPhone with Bluetooth and goes to health. There we go. Jason, do you like it though? Like, all you've just told me is you have it. Could you Big Apple buddy it to Mike? <laughs> no, I mean, I know I can buy it. Like, it is available for me to buy. <laughs> I could get it tomorrow if I wanted to. Jason did not stick with it. So there you go. I'm not going to spend 150 pounds on it. Well, maybe try the watch thing for like a week and just see. Yeah, that's my advice. I think. Like, I guess my question would be, what are you looking for? Like, I don't know. Like, w- w- hmm. like, because when I when I was doing it, I had a clear question. And my question was, how much sleep do I need? Yeah. But your question might be different. So I think you should start from the question. Well, the question the question is, is this useful? That That's the question. Like, I've always asked this about sleep tracking. It's like, I don't know if this is a useful thing. And I actually think now I have potentially missed the useful window for me. Do you feel like you have a problem with your sleep right now? Like, when you wake up, are you feeling tired, like, right there in the no, morning? No, I feel, as I said, I feel better now in the past week than I did before because I'm getting a little bit more sleep. But, like, the my problem is with sleep is I always feel like I could have more and I've been like this since I was a teenager. I could sleep for 12 hours and I still feel like I would need more sleep. Um, like I've always kind of been that way. But I am waking up at least these past week or so feeling a little bit better. I think it's because I'm getting to a little bit more sleep. 
I think it would have been more useful for me if I would have been sleep tracking prior to starting this new thing that I'm doing to see if that makes a difference. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to get this information. I don't know if I'm going to do anything about this. Uh, I might try it just to see if step one, I don't mind sleeping with the Apple Watch on. I actually think probably not right now. Plus, it's still really warm at home. Um, and so I don't know if I want to sleep with the Apple Watch on. Uh, we, our home has not cooled down since the heat wave. It's just like retaining all the heat. It's still like 29 degrees Celsius at home. And there seems to be nothing that we can do to stop it doing that. Um, is it hotter in the kitchen? Isn't it always? Could be a could be a heat sink issue. All right, wrap up the show. Yeah, that's a new low even for you. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> if you want to find stopped. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website. That's relay.fm slash connected slash four oh eight. While you're there, you can sign up, become a member of Connected Pro. Connected Pro members get a bunch of cool stuff, including an ad-free longer version of the show each and every week. You can find us all online. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can follow Mike online as iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Mike hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH and my writing over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Text Expander, Indeed, and Capital One. Until next week, guys. Say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.